I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 105 of the Shock Shock Next podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you to talk more Knicks and more NBA as we get deeper and deeper into the playoffs. We'll talk some Knicks. We'll talk Knicks headlines, some young guys doing some good things during the offseason, and we'll talk potential trades and movements the Knicks are going to be making potentially during the offseason. Players are getting linked to the Knicks. The offseason potential for the Knicks has been described as splashy, it's a good word. I like that word a lot. I'm excited. It's a word that got me excited getting ready for the show this week. We'll also, of course, dive in to the Western Conference Finals conclusion and a pivotal Game 5 between the Bucks and the Hawks. We'll start with the Knicks. I, I, I think we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to the heroics from Phoenix. We'll get to the continuing injury sagas in Milwaukee and in Atlanta later on in the show. We'll start with rattling off a few good Knicks headlines during the offseason. Again, we'll get to we'll get to some interesting Knicks news as far as developments in personnel and potential additions the Knicks are interested in making. But obviously just a couple of of, of solid positive headlines. Obviously seeing the Olympic qualifying and seeing how well RJ Barrett has been playing for Team Canada is a beautiful thing to see. He had a big second half against Greece, and then obviously followed that up a few days ago with a route of China as well. R.J. Barrett's been extremely impressive in those games. It's also great to see Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin named to the Team USA select team as well. So the youngsters getting after it, playing more hoops, representing their country. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see during the offseason. That's only going to help them get better. I, I think anytime you're able to be in a setting like that, whether it's Team USA in Obi Toppin's case, along with Emmanuel Quickly, or even with RJ Barrett, obviously, doing his thing with Team Canada, I, I think it's a massive boost, not only to the confidence of the guys, but to their skills and their development. I, I think it's a big deal. And I think that it, you know, you can only help but be proud for those guys that they're getting those opportunities to shine. So it's very exciting to see that they're only going to be benefited from having those experiences. It just it's part of this positive run that that this team has been on over the last year plus since the draft and it's a really cool thing to see Knicks players in the headlines for good reasons and I just love to see the youngsters getting after it and and getting these opportunities. So I just wanted to start out with that because it's a really nice highlight from the week 
that, you know, to be fair, there's, you know, in general, because, again, we talked a lot of draft last week, you know, and some of the rumors that have been coming out about the Knicks, those rumors are turning into more, you know, having a little bit more substance. I, I always preface it when we talk about this by saying, take a lot of this with a grain of salt, right? This is all, you know, hypotheticals. These are a lot of sources that are, you know, a lot of them are obviously reliable, but you just don't know, right? What they're being told might not be what's actually happening. So it's one of those things where we have to say that just because things change in a heartbeat, it feels like, during the NBA soap opera that is the off season. However, there's some interesting names being thrown out there involving the Knicks. Obviously, Damian Lillard's name has been thrown out there. Ian Begley has come up with a couple of trade options that the Knicks could potentially use to get Damian Lillard. According to a Yahoo Sports report, several issues between Lillard and the organization could lead to the superstar asking to be traded. The Knicks have been keeping an eye on the situation, according to Ian Begley, and they feel they're well-positioned to trade for a star player. Um, there's a couple of different scenarios, according to Ian Begley and a CBA expert, Albert Namad as well, or should say, uh, yeah, Namad. Uh, I'm excited to see these because I, to be fair, I was just sent these. I have not taken a look at them yet. Um, the first trade scenario, and this is actually, this is actually a pretty controversial one. This first trade scenario. Now to be fair, Damian Lillard is probably not probably he's a top 10 player in the NBA. No question. He's arguably a top five player. In the NBA, I think an argument can be made when you think of LeBron, KD, Steph Curry, right? Those are probably the, the the solidified top three in any particular order right now in the NBA. Damian Lillard then enters the conversation, you know, with a Giannis Antetokounmpo in there as well. So I, I think that he's he could make a case that he's a top five player in the NBA. The first trade scenario, which seems insane to me, to be honest with you, but I'm going to read it anyway. The Knicks would trade R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, pick swaps for 2022 and for 2024, all of that in return, the Knicks would get Damian Lillard. That's a lot. That is a lot. Now, again, the two first-round picks, I think you could live without those. The pick swaps, I think you could live without those. But literally all three guys I just highlighted as being future Knicks going away in this trade, that's a lot to ask. I think that'd be a lot to ask for this Knicks organization. Would I pull the trigger? Oof. I, I don't think I would. I feel I know I haven't seen the second option to be fair, but that's a lot to give up. That is a lot to give up. Two guys that I feel like already could be bona fide potential stars for the Knicks moving forward and Baird and quickly, and then a, and then a guy in top end that just feels like he's scratching the surface. It's it's that question, right? It's that heat question we've had, you know, Hero Robinson and, and others on that team. Do you give them up for the for the Jimmy? It's not the Jimmy Butler, but the you know, the the Bradley Beal, as it were at the time, right? The Kendrick Nuns. I the Bam Adebayos, right? I mean, 
obviously Julius Randle in this scenario would team up with Damian Lillard, and then you'd fill in the pieces around with a Reggie Bullock, a Derrick Rose for next season, obviously. And then the Knicks would have to get creative, obviously. When you bring in a big star like Damian Lillard, who's going to make, I think, $39, $40 million, Barrett, Toppin, and Quickly make about $16 million. Uh, The Knicks would be taking $23 million in salary to make the trade. And the Blazers would save $23 million and they'd get under the luxury tax. So that's the benefits of doing both of the, the benefits for both teams. And to be fair, you know, the Knicks are one of the few teams that would be interested that can absorb the, the Lillard part of this deal. Begley lists teams like the Lakers, the Sixers, the Pelicans, and the Warriors who can't do that. And Portland could save money with them, but those teams would not be able to make up the difference and stay under the luxury tax. So the Knicks obviously would have to work some magic with some of the free agents, getting some of them back potentially. Um, they would still, I think, have, I think Begley mentions this, like $28 million, $29 million, something like that, in cap space remaining. So the Knicks could still add another piece or two, probably more, <laughs> with the $28 million. Gotta, gotta make up the roster here. And and then go from there. Obviously, um, you'd have to hold on to Derrick Rose. There's no there'd be no wiggle room there, I would think, as well. That that's a very risky trade, in my opinion. But the Blazers are trading away their franchise. They would want They'd want the moon and then some back in return. The second trade scenario uh, is a little bit softer of a blow. Same same 2021 and 2023 first round picks. Um, the pick swaps from 2022 and 2024 stand. Only one player is different here. Toppin would still go. Barrett would still go. It, instead of quickly, it'd be Mitchell Robinson, which I feel like would be a little bit of a softer blow in my opinion. I think I'd rather keep quickly than Robinson in a potential trade scenario like this. Um, not much else changes in this deal, really. It's just You're just swapping out one player for another um, that you would think the Blazers would find valuable. So it's a it's just a couple that have been thrown out there Seeing it on paper makes me a little nervous, to be honest with you, because I love R.J. Barrett. I think giving him up at this point in his career is a bit of a risk. I know Damian Lillard is a proven commodity. Damian Lillard's a top five player, I would argue, in the NBA. Um, and I and he, I mean, when you look at what he's done, when you look at what he can still provide, uh, obviously Damian Lillard's coming off a great season, and he's thirty years old. So you're you're looking at potentially you know, a, still a good portion of Damian Lillard's career left. Um, it's a it's a difficult decision. It's a difficult decision that the Knicks would have to make if this came to pass. Right? Um, I just looked. I just looked this up. Damian Lillard's only been in the league for eight years. Feels like he's been in the league for twelve. I mean, he just he's been such a big fixture in the league. Obviously. Um, now, the good news for this deal, if the Knicks were to be involved in this deal and make it, is that Damian Lillard still has four years left on his contract. So you'd have him until his age 35 season. 
and he becomes an unrestricted free agent. You're going to probably get four really good years out of Damian Lillard if you make this deal. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. Do you trade 10 years of R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Obi Toppin for four of Damian Lillard's best years, potentially? Um, if this would be legitimately, and again, this is all hypothetical, but if it was legitimately discussed, it's a big, I'm glad I'm not making that decision. I'm glad I'm not. Um, cause I would want to keep RJ Barrett Th- to be fair. I think I'll say this. If it was Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, and you keep Barrett, which I don't think is going to be possible. I, th- I would do the deal. I think I'd have, I would be more willing to take the risk because R.J. Barrett, Damian Lillard, and Julius Randle is on its way to being a big three. You know what I mean? That's a, that is a formidable three for the Knicks, and they could still add with some cap space. And if you get Damian Lillard, you're going to be able to add another big piece, 100%. So I feel like if the Knicks were to do that, It'd be a home run, but I don't think they would. I don't think the Blazers would do it if R.J. Barrett wasn't a part of the deal. I, I think he he feels like he he'd be a deal breaker if you're if you're a Blazers front office member and you are looking into doing a deal with the Knicks. I I, I feel like if I was them, I'd say no 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 no. We're giving away our best player that maybe we've ever had, at least of this generation. You're giving us. You are giving us R.J. Barrett. So I, I hate to even think about that because, again, I love the kid, and I think he's going to be a really good NBA player, and I think Tom Thibodeau and him are a match made in heaven. But I, 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 I see why he's involved. He, he's got to be. He's, he is the, you know, if you're not going to give Julius Randle, you've got to give the, the next best thing, and, that, and that's, and that's R.J. Barrett, 100%. It's a deal that, I, I'll tell you this, it's a deal that I would be, if R.J. Barrett's involved, I'd be hesitant. However, it'd be hard to pass up four, maybe more if you re-sign them, four, maybe, you know, four to eight years, maybe not eight, but four to seven years of Damian Lillard. That's a, ooh, that's tough to pass up. That's tough to pass up. We'll have to see if that ends up coming to fruition, obviously. But it's something to keep in mind, obviously, as the offseason moves on. The Knicks are also potentially, potentially involved in a potential Kawhi Leonard move as well. Not only them, but the Heat and the Mavericks are expected to be teams pursuing Kawhi if he explores leaving the Clippers in free agency this summer. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer has reported the Heat and the Mavs plan a hard push to acquire Kawhi Leonard, who's obviously been out with a knee injury of late. Kawhi actually has a player option for next season, but it's procedural. The five-time All-Star is a lock to opt out of his contract, either to sign a new long-term deal with the Clippers or to leave his hometown team after two seasons. Obviously, Kawhi, part of this history-making Clippers team that got to their first-ever Western Conference Finals, knocking off the Jazz in the second round, obviously Kawhi did not play a game in the Western Conference Finals. PG and company got it to six games. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but obviously ended up losing to the eventual Western Conference champs, the Phoenix Suns. So a lot for Kawhi to think about moving forward. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, the Knicks are involved here. The Knicks are, are potentially involved. Clearly, uh, two other big teams that, that also are attractive in the Heat and the Mavs. I mean, could you imagine Kawhi and Luka together? My goodness. Kawhi and Jimmy Butler, not as sexy, just because they're basically the same player. You know, Jimmy Butler, and no, this is no disrespect. Jimmy Butler is a top 15 player in the NBA. But Jimmy Butler is a poor man's Kawhi. You know what I mean? Kawhi, Kawhi and I should have probably put him in this top five conversation. Kawhi is right there as a top five player in the NBA. I think if, if you don't, if you're talking top five players right now, I think, I think Lillard's in there. I think Kawhi's in there. I think Giannis probably just misses for me. But this is, and, and we could debate that all day. I mean, my gosh, I, I think the only three that aren't a debater are LeBron, Katie, and Steph. I think those are definitely your top three. And then after that, you know, then then for me, you probably go Kawhi, Lillard, Giannis. I don't know. You guys, you guys, let me know. This is a tangent. But regardless, I think with Kawhi's decision, it's very interesting because. Yes, they got to a Western Conference Finals. They finished it off without you. They got there. They, you know, they, he, Kawhi was a huge part of that Jazz series. But PG and company, they got it over the hump without him. Now you look at the fact that, you know, there's other teams out there that have very interesting prospects. The Heat, the Mavs, the Knicks. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what Kawhi decides to do. If he, if when he opts out, is he going to decide... To leave, I mean, he he went to L.A., his hometown team, one of them, to win a championship. They've made progress. That's the good news under Ty Lue. They almost didn't, but they did. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Clippers decide to do here. Very interesting indeed. But the Knicks are involved. I, I think Kawhi would be a more attractive piece to go with because you could add him to the already existing roster as a free agent whereas if you're going after Lillard he might be in a more needed position but you have to give up a lot to get him a lot basically the future of the franchise to get him so I think if you you know and obviously both would be amazing I think I think I think either one you can't complain obviously beggars cannot be choosers but the Knicks are not really beggars anymore, are they? They have a seat at the table now. They have a seat. I'm not sure if it's at the front of the table, but the Knicks have a seat at the table now, and it's a legitimate seat. There are cushions underneath the tush, you know? It's a comfortable seat where they might be for a little while. So it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see that the Knicks are potentially involved in some of these moves. Again, we've said that in the past. We'll have to see how it all plays out. I, I think, again, you look at what the Knicks could potentially do with Lillard. Uh, the Daily News has reported that the Knicks are potentially looking into a deal also for Bradley Beal as well. Uh, the Knicks are also looking into a potential deals for Kelly Oubre Jr., Colin Sexton, Shea Gilders-Alexander, Terry Rozier. A lot of guys that could be very, very interesting. 100%. Ubre is reportedly, according to the Daily News, interested in joining the Knicks. So, obviously, it would be a, I think, adding Ubre with a potential deal 
for for somebody else would be a massive, massive offseason for the Knicks. No question about it. I would be very, very intrigued. It's exciting. No question. I think Shea Gilders Alexander is an exciting prospect as well, potentially. I think Terry Rozier out of those three is probably the third guy. I'm not sure if Terry Rozier would would fit as well with the way the Knicks like to play. Um, and then I think Colin Sexton is probably the one where you could take it or leave it of the three. I think he's in the middle. I think Shea Gilders-Alexander makes a ton of sense. I, I think if he's somebody on the Knicks' radar, he'd be interested. He'd be interesting one to explore, 100%. I think he being added with R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle and company, obviously you're hoping to re-sign Derrick Rose as well. Very, very interesting. And then obviously if Oubre would be added to that mix, you're already improving your team. So, and then obviously the blockbuster deals will still be out there regardless. So, I, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting. Every name being listed gets me excited. Obviously, nothing is even close to being set in stone. There's a ton that still has to be worked out. But I think when you look at where the Knicks are at, going into the draft, going into the offseason, whether it's free agency or trades, a lot to get excited about in Midtown Manhattan, 100%. All right, I'm going to take a break here. When we come back, a lot of work was put in to what culminated at the Staples Center in Game 6 the other night. We give our credit and our dues to Chris Paul next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Game six, Staples Center, it was an incredible night. Obviously, um, the last few games of this Western Conference Finals have been pretty entertaining, to say the least. It's been a whirlwind. It's been a hard-fought series. The Clippers, without Kawhi, have put up a hell of a fight. In the end, despite uh, the Clippers fighting back to win game five, in Phoenix, a game I thought the I thought the Suns were destined to win. It felt like after that game four, where the Suns kind of took the life out of the Clippers, that LA would not be able to go to Phoenix and get out of there alive. But they did with a one sixteen one hundred two win. There was you know maybe a thought or two of you know another Chris Paul collapse in the Western Conference Finals. He's had two of them in his career: a three one loss, I should say, a three one lead against Houston with Doc Rivers and, and, and Lob City that they blew, and also, of course, 
the 3-2 lead with Houston on Golden State. Chris Paul misses game six and seven. The Warriors win the series. Not to be this time. At long last, was it 16 years? Chris Paul has worked for this moment. He's finally a Western Conference champion, and he's going to his first NBA Finals. I mean, you just couldn't help but feel happy for him. Um, What an accomplishment. And I think that what's worth mentioning right away is that this was no passenger ride. Chris Paul dominated in this series. He dominated at times in the Lakers series. He had a little bit of an injury issue in that series and was deadly against Denver. No question about it. And, and, And the fact that he is still doing this after he went to OKC and many thought that, you know, including myself, that he was just not going to be on a team that was going to win a championship potentially anymore, turned them around, got them to the playoffs, but then, you know, just thought, where's he going to go now at 36 years old to win a championship, you know, and Phoenix was the choice. Monty Williams, who, he, who coached him in his first time in the NBA in New Orleans with the Hornets. They reunite, and after a 130-103 win in which Chris Paul dominated his former team, he's going to the NBA Finals at the age of 36. When it looked like the last two or three years, it was done. Chris Paul was not going to get another shot. He's got a shot. He's got a shot. He's going to the Finals, and he's got a chance to lift the Larry O'Brien for the first time in his career. It's a beautiful thing for a guy that's going to go down as one of the greatest point guards to ever live. For him to finally get that accomplishment, right? There have been so many NBA players at multiple positions over the years that have not gotten the chance to lift that trophy. Chris Paul will finally get his chance. And you think about in sports in general, every major sports got a few guys that you thought, how the heck did they not even get to the the championship series, the final, right? I think of Ken Griffey Jr. never played in a World Series in Major League Baseball. You know, guys like that. Chris Paul would have been one of those guys. You know, two years ago, it looked destined to be that he was just never going to make it to the NBA Finals. But he kept on going. His his slogan, he said in the postgame, can't quit now. It's just a beautiful thing. And to do it against his former team in, in, in their building, that must have been sweet. That must have been a sweet, sweet moment for him. You could just see the look on his face during the post game and his interviews and when he lifted the trophy, the Western Conference title. He just, it, the pride was all over his face. You know, the amount of work he's put in, you know, the amount of admiration he gets around the NBA, you know, the, and also the, the mockery. You know, the fact that, you know, the, the jokes I remember from a few years ago that the furthest, uh, Chris Paul's ever gotten in the playoffs is when you're seeing his State Farm commercial during the NBA Finals. Well, now he's going to play in it with a team that's the favorites to win it. I think no matter who wins this Milwaukee-Atlanta series, the Suns will be the favorites to win the NBA championship, and rightfully so. And I I think they're going to win it. I really do. I think now that the fact that Giannis is banged up, Trey Young is banged up, Obviously, Devin Booker's banged up as well. Chris Paul has been a little banged up, no question. It just feels like this could be the year. It really does. This And this Game 6 kind of proved that. I, I thought if it had gone to a Game 7, it would have been shaky for the Suns in Phoenix. You know, I, I don't think they wanted to, to have to do that. You know, go to a Game 7, and, and they avoided that in 
resounding fashion with a 27-point win over a team that I don't think had lost by double figures all postseason. It was an impressive performance from the Suns, no question about it. Obviously, no Kawhi, but come on. Everyone's been dealing with injuries all postseason. I don't want to hear that. Chris Paul's missed games. Devin Booker's been dealing with injuries. Every team has has dealt with it in one way, shape, or form. You got to give Phoenix the Phoenix Suns all the credit. They got through LeBron and AD, although AD was hurt as well. But again, everyone's been hurt. Everyone's dealt with the same issues. He got through LeBron in the first round. He was able to get through the MVP in Nikola Jokic in Denver in four games. And now he is taking aside Paul George and the Los Angeles Clippers, and they're going to get either Giannis or Trey Young in the NBA Finals. It's an amazing achievement. I think it should be celebrated widely across the NBA. Where Phoenix was a season ago, two seasons ago, I don't think anyone saw this coming. So the entire organization deserves a ton of credit for pulling this thing off. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's why we, you know, it's the it's the great part about sports. It's why we love it. Your team, you never know. You never know when it could be your year. And that's the beauty of it. And this year looks like it could be Phoenix's year. They've made history. They've gotten back to the NBA Finals. Chris Paul's first Finals. And they'll look to lift the Larry O'Brien. It's going to be interesting to see who gets there. We'll get to that in a second. But I think at the moment, it's something that should be widely celebrated around the NBA. 100%. Okay. Now, who are they going to play? Great question. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, this, this, this Bucks-Hawks series has been all over the place. It's been a great microcosm of the way this NBA season has gone. These NBA playoffs have gone. Obviously, the Bucks took a 2-1 lead in Game 3 in Atlanta. They got a crucial win to take home court back in the series. The Hawks... Despite not having Trey Young, got the answer in Game 4 with a resounding 110-88 victory. 88 points for the Bucs. Trey Young didn't even play. An impressive victory for the Hawks. No question about it. 2-2 series. You'll, you'll know the result. Game 5 is the night the podcast is recorded, so you guys will know how it turns out. I, I don't know, man. Giannis is not going to play. That was the last report. That I saw, he's dealing with an injury. It's not as serious as it had originally been thought. He is likely, well, not likely. He's out, not playing tonight. Trey Young, foot injury, questionable still for Game Five. This was from a, about an hour or two ago, at the time of recording. We might not know until until he steps on the floor in Milwaukee if Trey Young is going to play tonight. And obviously, you guys will know whether or not he plays and whether or not. The Bucks or the Hawks win by the time this podcast goes out. It's a really fascinating series from this point on. It's best of three the rest of the way. I, I still, I still give the edge to the Bucks. I, I feel like they, I feel like they, they're a deeper team. They're a more experienced team. They've just gone through a series like this against a Nets team that had them dead and dead and buried twice. It looked like, and they came back twice to beat them. The Hawks obviously went through a similar series with the Sixers, a seven-game series, 
but the inexperience I feel like is still there. Can they ride this momentum? Can they, to be honest, I know they got the one at home without Trey Young. Can they go on the road without Trey Young? If he doesn't play, I, I think it's a huge edge for the Bucks. I really do, even without Giannis. I feel like the Bucks would have a massive edge at home. And then if Giannis is back for game six, and Trey Young, even if Trey Young's back for game six, huge advantage for the Bucks. So again, both guys seem to be day to day. Minute by minute with Trey Young, it feels like at this point, we're not sure if he's going to even play in game five. We know Giannis is out. There's a ton of factors here. I still feel like the Bucks, with with the experience of Middleton and Holiday and Lopez, I, I feel like they should be the favorites to finish this series off. I think they will go to the finals. But I, I, I it's so funny. Every time I count the Hawks out, they find a way to stay alive. It's incredible. Um, but, and again, I, I thought the Bucks were going to win game four without Trey Young. I really did. And the Hawks spanked him. They took him to the woodshed, man. Very impressive. Uh, John Collins mentioned it. The other guys, I think he even wrote an article about it in The Athletic. It's, it's a really uh, well done term to use here. It makes a lot of sense. It really has been uh, the other guys that have helped lead to this amazing Hawks run. We'll have to see. Game five is obviously normally crucial in an NBA playoffs, but we've already seen a team go down 3-2 in, this, in a series in these playoffs and win. Actually, we've seen two teams do that now. The Bucks have done it, and the Clippers have done it. So it's, it, honestly, it's anybody's game in game five. It's, it's really going to be up for grabs. I, I, <laughs> I still don't kind of know where I'm leaning, but I, I'm going to... Because I need to make some sort of a prediction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bucs to win the series. I think they'll win Game 5 tonight, and I think they'll find a way to win either Game 6 in Atlanta or Game 7 if it comes to it back in Milwaukee. What a crazy NBA playoffs. What a crazy playoffs. Suns-Bucks or Suns-Hawks in the NBA Finals. I don't think anybody had that before the playoffs started. I know I, sh- I certainly did not. So... It, it's been it's been a ton of fun to watch. It, it's been a ton of fun. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. One last quick note that I wanted to mention uh, on the NBA playoffs is, and, and again, we will get into a little bit more NBA offseason stuff in a second to wrap up the show. But but I think right now, um, just look at who's there. And where they were just a few years ago. Specifically the, the Suns and the Hawks. It's incredible. It, it really is an incredible, incredible thing to see these teams there. Um, I, I, again, now as a, as a neutral, obviously. It, it's just, it just goes to show you that there's hope. There is hope. It's a really cool thing. And obviously the Bucks haven't won a title since the 70s when Kareem was there. The Hawks, my God, they've been starved of NBA success for decades. The Suns have never won a title. And the last time they were in the finals, Charles Barkley was their best player. And obviously the Clippers reaching the NBA Western Conference Finals for the first time ever after 50 years of waiting. This season, despite already being out, but obviously they they made history this year. It's why we love it. And, and I was telling this to a few people the other day. I just I was saying we never get this. We never get this in the NBA. 
It's so rare that we have a postseason like this where you legitimately don't know who's going to win. There's been years in the past where there's a little doubt, right? There, you know, stuff, crazy stuff has happened every once in a while, no question, right? But you have an idea who's going to win, and it's normally one of those two or three teams that wins the title. But for, for once, we went into an NBA postseason with legitimate concerns over who was going to win. We legitimately did not know. And it's, it's become what sports should be. Settling, settling it on the court. Where we legitimately are going in curious who's going to win. It's not, maybe not quite a coin flip every night, but it's as close as it can be. You legitimately are going into every postseason game thinking, hey, both teams could win. Both teams could legitimately win tonight. And, and that is why we watch. That's when, that's when sports is at its best. And, and I think the NBA has finally got that in this NBA postseason. Last year in the bubble, I think everyone thought the Lakers were going to win if they stayed healthy. And if they didn't win, the Clippers would win. You know, that kind of a thing. You know, when, when KD was with the Warriors, oh, the Warriors are going to win. I mean, why are we watching, right? Why? And, and there was, there'd be some doubt in the playoffs. They had to come overcome the, the, the Houston Rockets and, and the Cavaliers with LeBron, but they'd win. They'd win. The Lakers, when they had Kobe and Pau Gasol, they were the favorites most, more times than not. And, and more times than not, they'd win the championship. The Spurs were always a favorite. The Heat with the big three. They were the favorites. They'd go on and normally they'd win. Every once in a while there'd be a wrinkle in there. But most of the time it was those teams. It was those teams. We're going to get a newcomer. Lifting the Larry O'Brien this year. After just immense drama. Obviously the downside is there's been so many injuries. But whoever wins this title is going to have earned the heck out of it. And I just can't wait to see who it is. I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm pulling for the Suns. I'd love to see CP3 lift the title. It'd be a beautiful thing. And then obviously the next step, in my opinion, is get, you got to get Melo now on a team that could get to the finals. He's next. But for right now, I'm pulling for CP3. I really hope the Suns can do it. It, w- it would be an unbelievable culmination on an amazing NBA career to win it this late in your career to win your first NBA title would be something special. So we'll see. I'm hoping it happens for him. We'll see who he ends up playing. The Bucks have game five on their home floor without Giannis. We'll see how they do against the upstart Atlanta Hawks. You'll know the result. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys next week. All right, a few more quick bullet points before we get out of here. Obviously, the NBA coaching carousel, we talked a little bit about it last week. Um, there's stuff going on there at the moment. Just a couple of quick points on it. Obviously, um, with the, with the magic job at the moment, there are reports coming out. Now, I, I think the, the interesting thing with this job, right, is the, is it the right job? For a coach, right? Obviously, Penny Hardaway was a serious contender. It sounds like he's staying at Memphis. So he's not going to be the guy. Wes Unseld Jr., serious candidate 
for the head coaching job with the Magic. The Athletic reported that he's getting he's gotten a second interview. He could be the next coach. I'm just curious to see what happens there because it's not a job that's very desirable. But a couple of pretty big names have already been in the mix, so it's going to be interesting. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that moving forward 100%. The other quick thing that I wanted to mention as well is the potential move for Kemba Walker in Boston, something that we probably haven't talked about enough during this offseason. Um, obviously, Walker goes to OKC, gets traded. But he may never play for them. ESPN Zach Lowe has said two teams immediately that are coming up in conversations for Kemba Walker are the Clippers and the Lakers. Would be a very, very interesting thing. Boston's going through a transition. They got rid of them. OKC, where are they at right now? Obviously, with the Knicks potentially being interested and others being interested in Shea Gilders, Alexander, are they, where are they at? Kemba Walker likely, at 31 years old, not part of the plan, you would think. And what we thought was going to happen with Chris Paul before he took the Thunder to the playoffs could happen with Kemba Walker. He may never play for them. May never even put on the jersey. Clippers is interesting. They've got a team of veterans. He could fit right in. The Lakers would make some sense. They need some more scoring. Especially if AD is going to you know, be dealing with injuries. They need some more pop off the bench. Kemba Walker potentially, although he struggled, had been inconsistent at times for the Celtics. Could be that option. I, just another, Just another, you know... Another thing to throw out there. Um, it's very, very interesting. Obviously, it's been mentioned about the knee injury with Kemba as well. Can he overcome that? 31 years old. It's going to be interesting to see. But I just wanted to leave you with that because there's just so many things still going on during this NBA offseason to keep an eye on. It's never dull. It's never boring. There's plenty to still talk about moving forward. I'll leave it there for this week. Next week, I think we'll talk a little bit more draft. We'll obviously recap the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially have a Finals preview for you next week as well. And obviously, plenty more Knicks news as the season ends and moves fully into the offseason as we get closer to the draft, which is now later this month. Crazy, crazy times. Guys, thank you as always for listening. You can hit me up on Twitter at SJ7 as always. Let me know your thoughts on the Knicks and the NBA as a whole, or go to postingandtoasting.com, go to Shock Shock Knicks Podcast, and hit me up in the comments below. Guys, thank you as always for listening. You guys are the best, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks Podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.